Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another All in Crypto podcast. Today, I am nothing short of excited to be joined by the HBAR Bull, Brandon, somebody who is at the heart of the Hedera community, here today to talk to us about his views on crypto and, of course, Hedera. So welcome on board, Brandon. It's a real pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah, I know we've spoken a lot off camera uh, and we've had some really interesting sort of conversations and I really couldn't wait to get them recorded and put in the public domain. So I always like to start with my guests with a little bit about themselves, you know, an introduction um, into you and, and, and perhaps how you got into the crypto space, because we're a very eclectic kind of group of people uh, and we all have sort of weird and wonderful stories in regards to how we got here. So if we could start there, Brandon, that would be amazing. Yeah, it would be my pleasure. So I actually spent, before I came over to this space full time, I spent nearly 20 years in another career in a completely different industry. But my passion was always investing in economics. And I kind of realized that during the last several years of, of my career. Uh, but of course, that kind of brought me into crypto. I started investing in crypto in, in 2015. And then naturally, that brought me into Hedera eventually. So so that was the path. Now, uh, you know, I work with the HBAR Foundation. Now, the HBAR Foundation, has been tasked with building out the ecosystem for Hedera just in general. There's a few entities like that. There's the DLT Science Foundation, there's the Swiss Hashgraph Association, and then there's the HBAR Foundation. Uh, and then every Friday, kind of independently, wearing my HBAR bull hat, I do a show where I just cover everything that's going on in the Hedera ecosystem. Originally, those started off just being, you know, 10, 15 minutes long. Now they're bumping up against an hour and a half because there is a lot going on in the space. And then uh, it's hard to be in the Hedera ecosystem and not want to build. So uh, I hooked up with my partner, uh, Jesse Damro, and he had a fantastic idea for this thing called Twigital. The, the name of the company is Twigital. And, and what it does is essentially you take anywhere between a few dozen uh, and several dozen pictures of an object, it creates a 3D asset, and then it mints that into an NFT. And we, we see potential for online commerce. We see potential for, um, you know, stay at home moms, insurance, you know, on down the line. We think this is the next evolution of what can be done with uh, NFTs. So that's going to be launching here before too long. So I wear, as kind of I mentioned, I wear a few different hats in the Hedera space. Yeah. And I've got to admit, you know, you you are my go to um, for Hedera content. You know, I've been watching the HBAR Bull for a long time um, and I always find it amazing just how much is crammed into like you say those sometimes hour maybe even longer uh videos in regards to partnerships things happening with the actual uh hedera consensus you know everything in between it's always fascinating and, and we'll leave a link to all of that uh in the description including uh twiggetal um so how you know you you'd kind of mentioned that you got into crypto as an investor in 2015 were you really just focused on bitcoin or back then or were altcoins a thing or, or what was your kind of focus back then. Yeah, the progression was, as most people, I started off with Bitcoin. I got a little bit into Ethereum. One of the things that I learned is I didn't make any of those investments in size. I was doing $100 a month, $120 a month in there using something I call the Dynamic Investment Program. But, and then, you know, we went through that bull run in, in 2017. And once you have skin in the game, that's when you really dig into it and really dig into the potential. And we've all gone through that same kind of progression. But I became so passionate about it and specifically passionate about Hedera that I really felt like I had to do it full time. So what was it that actually attracted you to Hedera? You know, what were the kind of what was that light bulb moment, if you will? Because I feel like I am and I'm going to be totally honest about this, very new to 
having that Hadira light bulb on in my head. And I think once that light bulb kind of, once that switch is switched, it's very hard to, you know, unswitch it. So, so what initially sort of attracted you to Hadira? Yeah, I would say, so I read the white paper uh, for the hash graph algorithm. So this is pre Hadera. And, uh, you know, I got to know the the founders, somebody named uh, Mance Harmon and Lehman Baird, they're ex-USAFA professors. And they're, they're professional, and USAFA, for anybody who doesn't know, that's the, the United States Air Force Academy. But their professionalism certainly attracted me. That That's one of the things. But I think, like most people, it was really the, what they were touting, what they said the Hashgraph algorithm was, poten- what its potential was, you know, whether that was the, the efficiency, the throughput, the time to finality, the gold standard in security, the ABFT security and fair ordering. So all those kind of things attracted me initially, but it's really the the story since then that has been more interesting. So of course you can make those claims all day, but it's been proving that out over the past few years. So you don't have to take their, when they say they're the most efficient network on earth, you don't have to take their word for it. So the University College London did a study that proved that out. It's orders of magnitude more efficient than even some of the most efficient networks out there. It's three orders of magnitude, so a thousand times more efficient than a centralized system in Visa. Um, you know, the throughput, the TPS, right now you can go and check Metrica and we're processing 1,800 transactions per second. So you don't really have to wonder about it. There's times when we've gone well through, uh, you know, 10,000 transactions per second. Time to finality, same thing. You can just go and check on the network. That, that level of security that isn't even touted by any other networks that I can really tell that uh, ABFT level of security that was proven out by a Carnegie Mellon COQ proof. There's another story that I, I thought was really interesting. So when Hedera first launched, and I think it was September of 2019, the time to consensus finality was just under five seconds. So pr- pretty impressive. And one of the issues that people noticed was from then until it was the spring of 2021, it slowly creeped up. Now we knew that that there was a potential of that happening. As you added additional nodes, that time to finality would increase. But Dr. Lehman Baird, again, the inventor of the Hashgraph Association, one of the founders of Hedera, he said, don't worry about it. We're going to get this uh, figured out. We just have to make a few tweaks. We need to tune some things and that's going to drop right back down. But people were, you know, skeptical. They wanted to see that actually come to fruition. They went through one upgrade and nothing changed. The next upgrade that came up after he said that it dropped back down under five seconds. So it's those kind of things that when you see improvements, it adds trust to their broad vision of becoming the the trust layer of the internet, it adds credence to that. But what's more in that same finality conversation, they came up with a completely new gossip protocol. Now, the gossip protocol is used by most of these networks to, to get the information out to the other nodes. And they put a new one out and the time dropped from just under five seconds to 3.8 seconds. So we've increased the nodes significantly from there in the beginning. And not only has the time to consensus finality not gone up, it's actually gone down. And I've been talking to some of the engineers and, and that they think that they're going to be, be able to improve it even further. So it's the trust over time, what they've done when they say they're going to do something, they are going to do it. Yeah, I think Hadera is... You know, we, we we kind of hear out there um, in, in the crypto space, this kind of phrase that is in it for the tech, right? People say they're in it for the technology more so than whether it's believable or not the investment opportunity. Um, 
But with Hedera, I think the technology really is the standout point, more so than anything, um, because it's fit for purpose. This whole concept of a DAG, I think, is still largely misunderstood and hasn't really been explored in the crypto space. Do you think it's fair for me to <coughs> say that, you know, DAGs are still a new kind of concept broadly for people that are in the crypto space? You know, DAGs, we, we all think about blockchains and we all, I often call Hedera a blockchain, even though it's not, but that's just because I'm so used to it. What do you think about this kind of blockchain versus DAG? I mean, there are obviously trade-offs. Have you got any thoughts on that at all? Well, it's just another way to reach consensus with one of these distributed ledgers, right? And and DAGs, it's, it is a data structure and there's a few other networks that use DAGs, but even under that, you know, subsection of uh, DLTs, there's a lot of differences and, and nuances and, you know, things that, that are special about these different DAGs. And I think Hashgraph really is, considering how well they've been able to prove out, as you said, the tech, it is something special, even within the DAG space. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's one thing that's really made a lot of sense to me. You know, if, if we are going to see mass adoption, if we are going to see real world applications, and you are already seeing them with Hedera that's largely being led by the governing council, um, it needs to be scalable, efficient, it needs to be secure. Uh, and Hedera ticks all of those boxes. And I think when we think about the crypto space, it's such a blanket term that includes all sorts of things. Um, you know, I really think we're going to see the emergence of DAGs because of their capabilities. And there aren't, in my opinion, many blockchains that can really compete with the consensus that Hedera uses um, on whether that be scalability, finality, whatever that may be, security. Um, it, it really does make uh, an, a, an awful lot of sense. And again, with this blanket term crypto, I think people miss the underlying thing behind it, which actually isn't just blockchain. It's really distributed ledgers. And this kind of idea of decentralization, uh, which we'll move on to next, um, you know, it's not just a gimmick. Decentralization is there because of the properties that it actually brings to this underlying technology, uh, most notably security, um, which is what decentralization offers. And on this topic, you know, I think one of the main talking points and one of the main sort of criticisms that I see levied against Hedera is the governing council. So the people that actually run the network. So it's very different the approach that Hedera has taken compared to Bitcoin in regards to Satoshi basically said, look, let's let this be in the public's hands or some of the other sort of layer ones that we see out there. What are your thoughts on the governing council as someone that's so, you know, at the heart of all of this? Well, I think you have to look at it from a couple of different directions. Number one, there's the, the theoretical versus the practical decentralization. So, you know, the theoretical decentralization in both the nodes and the governance for something like uh, Bitcoin, you think there's going to be all oh, there's going to be all these different miners and those are going to have the final say of all of these different, you know, programmers and developers that, that are involved with the project. But is that actually how it turns out? Well, really, you know, you have just a few mining pools that if they wanted to, could collaborate and come up and, and possibly do something that, that's negative for the network. And you compare that to something like, and you could go along the same lines for, for Ethereum, you know, you, you could pull now to a, a proof of stake, you could you're going to have centralization of that stake in centralized entities like Coinbase or things like that. You have 
you have to put certain controls in place or that power is going to consolidate. It's kind of like, you know, the, the republics that we see around the world, you have to have a balance of power. You separate, um, you know, the, the legislature from the executive and the judicial branch. And you have to make sure that the, the institutions that are put in place can have those checks and balances in place. And in the case of Hedera specifically for the governance decentralization, you put these hard, fast rules that you're going to have these fortune 500 level companies that are going to have the expertise to properly govern the network, but they are also going to be incentivized to act in you know a benevolent way because they have these reputations to uphold. They have other businesses that are driving most of their revenue that they have to think about. They're very focused on those brands and those other businesses. So they're not going to act in a nefarious way in the governance of a DLT network. And, you know, we've seen over time that, you know, they've said these different entities are going to be decentralized over industry over geography and even over time. So as far as geography, they're spread throughout the world. We have council members on every continent except for Antarctica, which of course doesn't have any <laughs> any uh, potential council members in the first place. You have industry. We have expertise in tech. You know, you have Google and Dell and LG and Tata Communications, banking. We have Nomura and Shinhan Bank. You have... Um, you know, legal or regulatory expertise. We have two of the largest law firms in the world with DLA Piper and Denton's out of uh, um, Singapore. So from a practical standpoint, this kind of governance is about as decentralized as you can get compared to what eventually happens on some of these other networks when it comes to governance. Yeah, I I love every single point you made there. You know, we've been kind of um, putting our Hedera armor suit on and going to battle for it recently in in the kind of conversation of decentralization versus centralization you know people essentially think that hadira is centralized because of the 29 um different parties that are some of the largest institutions in the world that govern it and the argument that they're making there is really the fact that okay well there's only 29 of them well they haven't peeled back the layer of the onion and they haven't quite seen that decentralization comes in many forms um for example some proof of stake uh, blockchains out there that have their relay nodes on servers, you'll find that nearly a quarter of those servers are on Amazon, for example, which is an institution, you know, and they ignore that people in this, because it's still, I believe, quite a new space. The level of kind of uh, understanding, I think, is quite narrow. Whereas if you really peel back the Hedera onion, you'll find that there's lots of layers to it and and there's a lot of decentralization in a lot of areas that actually other blockchains don't offer. The only, and I don't even think it's a criticism because I think it works to Hedera's advantage in regards to these institutions, thing that people look at are the fact there's only 29 versus, you know, for Ethereum example, thousands or, or, or for Bitcoin, thousands. Whereas what you mentioned also with the Bitcoin mining capacity, that, that if you look at the uh, sort of hash power of Bitcoin, it's very centralized. If you look at Ethereum, in terms of the stake pools, it's very centralized. If you look at some of these other blockchains, a quarter of them are on Amazon, you know, whereas Hedera actually has put um, things in place where I believe you can only have, is it one or is it two servers on the same, uh, two I, nodes on the same server? 
I, I was actually going to bring that that up. You know, that that's one of the controls that they put in place very early on. Back in 2019, they realized that that could be an issue. If everybody's running on Google Cloud or everybody's running on Amazon Web Services, you know, you lose that service and you lose your network. So, yes, that's exactly what they did. They said no more than two nodes can run on any any one you know server. And, you know, I think there's two running on uh, Amazon Web Services. There's two on Google Cloud. Almost all. And I think there might be some others that use services like that, but most of them run their independent nodes. Um, another thing you brought up, you know, the, that we only have 29 nodes at this point, but that's just at this point. We've been growing up to that point, but there's going to be community nodes. So trusted community nodes is going to be the next phase of decentralization, decentralization in terms of node operation. But then there's eventually going to be um, completely anonymous nodes. And we're going to need thousands of nodes. I'm not sure what the optimum amount of nodes per shard, because that sharding is what's going to allow us to, to scale essentially infinitely. But you're going to have to have either a few dozen, several dozen uh, nodes per shard, or maybe even hundreds of your even a thousand. So we're going to eventually have to uh, shard to make sure that we can handle the throughput that we're all hoping we're going to see. Um, and we're going to need all those nodes. So I have no doubt that eventually we're going to have thousands of nodes operating on the Hedera network. But like I said in the beginning, they're very professional, and very methodical with how they do things. And I, I think that's what you're seeing. But also going back in terms of governance, we've seen others emulate what Hedera has done. And that's because I think it is the right um, format for governance. We saw Libra. So that was the Facebook platform. Hedera was trying to actually get them to, them to come on as a governing council member. Who knows that that might happen in, in the future. But right after that, right after they had those meetings, they pretty much came out and said, in the management of our cryptocurrency, which has kind of gone by the wayside at this point, we're going to have a council. And it looked almost exactly like Hedera's. We've just seen Polygon come out. They're going to establish a council and named, I think, 13 different people that, that are going to run that council. So it's becoming clear that, that governance is going to be very important in the, the management of these platforms. And I think Hedera just was way ahead of their time uh, in, in developing this kind of a system. Yeah, and we love to see that. We love to see you know, the, 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 there's lots of um, projects out there that are just trying to basically be another Ethereum or be, um, you, you, you know, kind of take what's already been done before them and do the same thing, but add little changes. Well, Sidera really literally tried to do things in a completely different way, using a different kind of consensus, moving away from your standard kind of architectural blockchain towards the DAG that they implement the hash graph. It, 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 this is why we like Hedera. This is why we were so excited to have you uh, on the show because it, it really is fascinating. And I think, again, with the Governing Council, if you're trying to um, have a, a, you know, entice or, or, or have institutional adoption of your blockchain, well, what better way to put people's minds at ease, like you say, with the kind of um, reputations that some of these companies have than have those companies consent the network? You know, it, it makes a lot of sense. I think I was listening to Quarterly Homes. Um, which I believe are using Toco, which is DLA Pipers. You, you know, we, we've gone down a few rabbit holes and they were essentially saying when we talk to people, crypto's got a real negative kind of slant to it with, you know, people think about FTX and all these other things and a lot of the scams that have gone um, on beforehand. Whereas when they find out about the government council, they go, well, well, hang on a minute, you know, that that kind of puts them at ease a little bit. So I think there's many pros um, uh to, to the governing council being the way that it is. And of course, that vision to what some people would say is true decentralization, where anyone can join the network 
you know, there's a vision towards that. There's a roadmap towards that, which I, I love. It's, I think you hit the nail on the head there where you said it's a very well thought out and ahead of its time, um, you know, uh, uh, project. And as someone that's really at the heart, you know, you interview so many people, uh, we've watched most of them. What's really exciting you right now in regards to the Hedera ecosystem? Um, tokenization is, is massive and Hedera is, you know, really pioneering that. I, I know I spoke to you last time about the fact that I have a brother that works in finance in Aberdeen. Um, and I, not for Aberdeen, uh, in Aberdeen. Um, and I had mentioned to him about Hadira and one of the governing council members being Aberdeen. Uh, that I were they simple life before maybe? I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not positive. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, sure. I'll have to. I'll have to find out and double check that. Um, but I know that you know he was like, "There's no way," and I'm like, "No, there, there absolutely is." And he goes, "You know that that's the largest asset manager in the in the UK." And I'm going, "Well, yeah, I, I just don't think people know about this." It's $600 billion worth of assets under management. And yes, I mean, real world asset tokenization. Toco is a securities tokenization engine. We have Red Swan, which is building on Hedera and is also tokenizing real estate. But Aberdeen tokenized a $16 billion fund on Hedera and they want to tokenize all their funds. We hear people like Larry Fink, the, uh, you know, the CEO of the largest asset manager on earth saying that the future of the securities and financial markets is not just tokenization, but tokenization on public networks and we <sighs> excuse me and when we have entities like Aberdeen or um, the digital commodities exchange it's a complete uh, commodities exchange that's built on top of Hedera when they're doing the proof of concepts and starting to tokenize these real world assets all the other big players out there the, the Nasdaqs and the New York Stock Exchange and all of these huge asset managers they're going to look to those proof of concepts and how are you doing this and why are you doing it this way so yes Real-world asset tokenization is, is really exciting for me. I think consumer engagement is something that I'm really excited about. Karate Combat has built on top of Hedera, and you can certainly check that out. We might talk about it a little bit later, but we have a social network that's built on Hedera. That's Galaxy. You can go out there and use it. And that's what I'm really excited about is people can actually go out and use these things right now. So definitely go try out uh, Karate Combat, try out Galaxy. One of the other things is gaming. Of course, that's another one that people are going to be able to get their, their hands on. But it takes a little while to develop these games, especially the ones that, that take, you know, 18 months to develop. And I think right around the 20, late 2024, 2025, I think we're going to start to see those games come online. And I think Web3 Gaming is going to take on a whole new, uh, you know, aspect in this space. The last thing that, that I'm really excited about is um, micropayments. Because they're, they're a true frontier use case that, that weren't possible before, but for these highly efficient DLTs. A lot of these other things that we're talking about, they're done before. I mean, we already have financial markets doing other things, but true micropayments just weren't possible. And one of our premier micropayments um, platforms is something called Drop. It was featured, it was the first uh, crypto platform or crypto powered platform to be featured on FedNow. And they are also, they have plugins for Shopify. So of course, retail applications there. They also have plugins for WordPress. And the first one for WordPress that they had that came out was 
just gratuity. It was just tips. And of course, that's a fantastic use case on its own. But they just came out with an- another one at the end of this last week. And I'm actually going to be interviewing Sushil here shortly because it's it's really the holy grail. This new plugin is the holy grail for micropayments. It's allowing people that are building on top of WordPress to put their content behind a paywall, which can completely disrupt, of course, the... Um, the subscription-based model, which is one of the smaller models on the internet, the big model, of course, which also could be disrupted, is the ad-based model. I'm really excited about this because it trans it makes us the customer again. And even if it just disrupts a small portion of the ad-based internet model, that's going to be huge on its own. And Drop is really pioneering this. So I'd say micropayments I'm pretty excited about as well. You know, and I love the fact that you touched on um, ads and how ads are kind of done traditionally on the internet, um, because we actually, I know there was a study done and it might have been as high as 40% of ads were, the the companies that were paying for these ads actually got uh, reimbursed a lot of that money because when they uh, paid for independent kind of analysts to go in and find out exactly the impact that these ads had on the um uh, people that they were supposed to be on. They found that there was a lot of bots, there was a lot of falsery, there was a lot of... Whereas with blockchain, it actually solves that entire problem. You know, you can essentially use and leverage the blockchain to verify who's watching these ads and who's viewing these ads and the fact that they are real people. And it's why I love having somebody like yourself on who actually truly understands the transformative nature of what's going on here with crypto using that blanket term. And Hedera is a massive and probably going to be an even bigger part than many others um, piece of that because we spoke about tokenization of assets. It's not just assets that we already have that are going to get tokenized. It's assets that are currently not available to the financial markets and and, and, and uh, retail investors that are going to get tokenized. And that's trillions. We're talking hundreds of trillions, let alone the potential quadrillions that are out there in terms of the debt markets, derivatives. You know, it's it's mind-blowing. When you really think about what we've stumbled on, and it's why throughout this bear market, you know, we, we, we've been singing a very happy tune despite the um, sort of doom and gloom of it all is because the future is a very bright one. And for some of these projects like Hedera, you know, the role that they are going to play is... I can't, my, my brain can't even fathom it. You know, it, 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 it truly is um, amazing. And the fact that Hadira has, again, going back to the governing council, those institutions, and I believe are, are those institutions that um, govern Hadira, are they incentivized to actually use Hadira and come up with applications? Well, of course. I mean, if, if they are vowing to govern the network, they have some ideas of what they want to do. And actually any new council members that are coming online, they have to present to the current council exactly what they're going to build. They have to be building something to to get accepted uh, onto the Hedera network. And, And we're really seeing that ramp up right now. We're seeing a lot of council members that are coming out with applications built on the network. Yeah. That's one thing that shocked me. I mean, I was listening to, uh, um, Adele interview on Hedera and I, you know, they're actively looking to use it and it's like, well, you don't really see that. And again, a a real, uh, testimony to the kind of thinking that went into Hadera and the governing council is that you don't see this really anywhere else, you know, in regards to the people that can set the network actually using it and coming up with use cases and, and, and who better to do it than, 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 than some of those companies. And, um, I think I watched a recent, uh, discord space with Lehman and he, said something that I thought was brilliant. He says, we're kind of 
Trojan horsing Web2. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of, people know Web2. We're kind of using Web2 to, and, and the use cases that are there to kind of get us to Web3, which I thought was, uh, I always really enjoy listening to him. And I think his enthusiasm is really second to none in regards to this space. You know, he's truly excited about it. And, you know, over uh, the another, uh, another guy who does a great job, you see him on my show a fair amount, is Rob Allen. And what he says is every enterprise will use Hedera. They may just not know it. And, and I think that's a, a really good way to put it. There, there's going to be tons that know they're actually building on Hedera. And then there's going to be others that are leveraging applications that have been built on Hedera. And they may not know what's being done in the back end, but it is going to be built on Hedera. So talking about people building on Hedera and kind of institutions, are there any institutions? I mean, there's lots, but are there any institutional partnerships right now that are getting you excited? Well, I would say one of them is, well, I can go through tons. This is probably going to take a while because there are a lot of exciting things going on. The first thing that pops into my mind is Atmyo. So Atmyo is a subsidiary of Avery Dennison. And Avery Dennison does NFC tags. They do RFD tags uh, to track things throughout their supply chain. So they're using Hedera, the consensus service, which is like a notary, uh, a data logging service on Hedera to track items through their, their life cycle, th through their supply chain. Uh, they're also tracking the carbon during that time. And certainly exciting supply chain. We've seen that you know, other networks focus solely on supply chain. So that, that has me excited, but it's really the through Put that we're seeing come from them. They, they are responsible for almost all the transactions on the Hedera network on a real world live use case. We're processing a billion transactions per week right now on Hedera. That's 1800 transactions per second all the time, consistently with spikes significantly higher. To give you some, some context, there was another, the, the first high volume use case that we had on Hedera and was nothing compared to at my O, but it was something called AdSense. And we were already talking about ads and they would, they would process up to, you know, six, seven, eight, nine million transactions per day. They initially tried to build on another network and it's a network that touts that they can handle high throughput. It's a top 25 coin. A lot of people know it. I'm not going to uh, call them out or anything along those lines. That's not Star Wars. <laughs> But they um, initially, um, AdSense tried to build on this this other network, and they said, "Guys, you can't put this many trans. We can't handle this many transactions." And they're like, "Well, this is this is what you tout. This is what you're supposed to be able to handle." So eventually, they cut them off from the network. There's decentralization for you. Wow, so yeah. they completely cut them off from the network. Just seeing Atma.io come online and be able to prove out at least to a few thousand transactions per second, that's pretty impressive to me. Um, I'm excited about what Fresh Supply Company is doing. They're also doing supply chain tracking, but they've had payments on top of that. Initially, they were using MasterCard Provenance, which was a, a private blockchain uh, that was put out by, of course, MasterCard. And MasterCard decided they were going to shutter that, that they didn't think that was part of their core business, but it was still used by a fair amount of entities, the biggest one being Fresh Supply Co. So Fresh Supply Co. has moved over to Hedera and are helping ushering, uh, helping to usher everyone else that was using MasterCard Provenance over to Hedera because they think it's the best solution. Uh, we have Shinhan Bank. Um, they have done their second proof of concept on cross-border payments. And they in, in the first one, it was just cross-border payments. They were doing it with another Hedera governing council member, um, Standard Bank, the largest bank in Africa, and they expanded that. So they had several other entities like Jewel Bank included in this last proof of concept. And you can tell when they're going through this 
this proof of concept after proof of concept. They move through that cycle. Eventually, they're going to bring these things to market, uh, and they're really going to scale. Also excited about Flutterwave. Um, that was just announced uh, last week. They are the largest fintech in Africa, and they're going to be building on Hedera for payments and, and cross-border remittances, things along those lines. I like this because it goes to the core of, of what we thought was possible with crypto, banking the bankless, bringing literally potentially a billion or billions of people into capitalism around the world. I believe that capitalism is, is the best way to bring people out of poverty. And they just haven't had that opportunity to, you know, they, they don't have banking services. We can give them banking services built all on DLT. And I think things like Flutterwave, things that um, MTech is doing, which is one of our CBDC solutions that are working with smaller central banks, this can bank the bankless. It, it's going to be exciting to watch that. So we can keep going and we can get into refi. I can go down the line, but do you have any, any questions about anything specific uh, that, that, that you've seen come out that you're interested in? Yeah. So all, all the ones you've mentioned, uh, we've watched, we actually covered uh, Flutterwave recently and MTech um, uh, because I know MTech, are they, I believe they're partnered with the Bank of Ghana or they're working mm -hmm. uh, with, with the Bank of Ghana to do multiple things. I think what you touched on in regards to you know, when crypto came about, there was this big sort of movement to bank the unbanked because crypto had the potential to do that. And actually, Bitcoin has been, by all accounts, a huge success. You know, if you look at these other countries like Argentina, uh, Lebanon, you know, Bitcoin is all-time highs above and beyond, you know, going well past what anyone thought was possible. Um, and actually, Hedera, it's not just built for... It's built for everybody. It's not just built for the West. It's not just built for you know, um, certain areas, it's built for everyone and, and anyone. And it is truly a globally um, decentralized um, system. You know, you mentioned Drop, which I think everyone was just blown away when they saw that on the Fed Now um, kind of uh, website. I think people were really very excited about that. And so they should be. I actually didn't know that they were integrated with WordPress and was the other one Shopify. Yes, That's yes. That's a big, big, you know, that, 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 that's a huge deal. In regards to institutional partnerships, we, we spoke about Aberdeen. One thing that I, I really wanted to ask you was, is there any kind of a timeline in regards to when we're going to be onboarding more governing council members? Or is that just something that, or can, is that, yeah, I, I'll let you. I, sure, sure. So I think we've had two this year. We've had Dell and Koffer who, who have come on board. I think they're being more... I think they could be more picky now. So we're growing to 39 total council members. We're at 29. Uh, I think they want to maintain a little bit of room there for, for, for adding additional council members. I also think, you know, timing that, you know, there's no rush to add council members during, you know, a bear market. Why don't we get a little bit more excitement going when we, we have a little bit more favorable market? Now, that's just me talking. I'm sure the governing council isn't, isn't thinking that way, but I'm, I'm in no rush. I know that they have a long pipeline, both Mance, uh, the founder of Hedera, he's the CEO of uh, Swords Labs now, uh, and Rob have both said that there's a deep pipeline of council members that, that are going to be coming online. So I'm, I'm really not in a huge rush. We've, we've gotten that well beyond that critical mass of necessary experience, expertise in the space to properly governing the network. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And and, and we've spoken quite a bit about the kind of institutional um, side of things. How can everyday people use Hedera? You know, what are some of the things that anybody could do on Hedera? What, what's going on there? Yeah, so... 
we already talked about a couple of them. I, I want people to go out there and use it. Use our DeFi applications. We have HellaSwap. We have SaucerSwap. We have um, HSuite, which are all DEXs. There was actually a chart that came out that was put out by somebody from the, the Phantom community that showed how fast these different networks are and how fast they, you can interact with them. Um, but the, the transactions were going through fast just on Hedera. Not, not exactly surprising, but I was impressed that uh, he was, you know, an influencer from another network that was saying, hey, this, this is where it, what came out on top. So you can interact with our DeFi ecosystem. I think Galaxy is certainly one that you want to engage with. Galaxy, again, is a social media platform um, founded by Solo Cisse and Spencer Dinwiddie. Spencer Dinwiddie is a, a star in the NBA, plays for the Nets. But they want to empower the creator middle class. So it, like you and I, right, we, we create content and they want to give the tools that are necessary to allow those people to actually make, make a living. So they're kind of doing what Elon Musk aspires to do. And it's already out there. You can already download it right now, put it on your phone and start using it. And the user experience is fantastic. Um, I already talked about Karate Combat. Karate Combat has um, a, their next event coming out on November 3rd, November 4th, someplace in there. And again, they're consumer engagement. So they have this up-only gaming. You can get their tokens through airdrops. Um, they do all kinds of different things where you can get some of their tokens. And you can go out into our DeFi uh, ecosystem or to centralized exchanges and get some of the karate tokens. And then once you've gotten the tokens and you put them on their app, which is really user-friendly, you can put them on the fighters you think are going to win. And if they actually win, you get more tokens. If they lose, you don't lose anything. So it's, it's up-only gaming. Um, and... I talked to one of the founders of Karate Combat and they said it's really hard. It can take millions and millions of dollars to get diehard fans, people that are really passionate about these fights. And I've always been into MMA. I was never really into karate. When I kind of look at Karate Combat, it's more like just a strike league. But within a couple fights of, and I watched several of the fights, and they were always engaging and they were always very good. But once I started participating in this up only gaming, I became a super fan within two events. Like now I cannot wait for the next event. So I would certainly uh, suggest trying out Karate Combat and then other little applications. I mean, Twitchital should be out potentially by the time this, this gets posted. And, you know, we see all kinds of ways that people can use those and, and build businesses around those kind of assets. So yeah, just get out there and try some of these applications as these games come out. I know Earthlings is going to have a mini game coming out soon. Um, so there's, there's a lot of ways that you can engage on the retail level right now. NFTs, we have a vibrant uh, NFT ecosystem. I know that can be considered a, a bad word right now because they've gone through a little bit of a hard time overall in the crypto space as far as NFTs. But I think are starting to be used in really interesting ways. So again, you can check out our, our NFT ecosystem. There's a lot of applications that I think people should get involved with just to test out and see how the network works, how fast it is, how the finality works. Um, so th those are a few examples. Yeah. And I think that's really important. You know, I've learned a lot of what I've learned from just going out in different ecosystems and, and, and playing around. You know, first of all, setting up a wallet, um, which is a good place to start. You know, are there any Hashpack, we know, is a great wallet. Are there any kind of wallets that you would give a shout out to in regards to if people are curious and 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 going and wanting to set one up? 
hash pack is certainly toward toward the top blade wallet is another one that's out there that has a great wallet but blade also works in the background so they've they've worked with karate combat in setting up their application um and they have new things coming out all the time they're working now with diamond standard who is tokenizing diamonds they're making them more fungible um so they can be traded more more readily uh, and they're working with them as well so certainly check out blade walla wallet is another one that, that i personally use a, a fair amount um and then i mean all of these other applications a lot a lot of times there's wallets built into them. So, so Twidgetal is another example of something that has a, a wallet built into it. But those, those are the ones that I would hit right off the top. Certainly check out Blade, check out Hashpack, and check out Walla Wallet. Yeah, I think it was interesting. When I was using Hashpack um, to, to actually stake my Hedera, uh, and I kind of went through the people who to stake with, it was quite a weird experience seeing the sort of names that you see in regards to who you can delegate your stake to. Um, you know, the, the, these big kind of institutions, which I thought was a, a, a cool experience. A weird probably isn't the right um, word. And you mentioned NFTs. Is there a main NFT marketplace right now with Hedera where people can go to to sort of if they want to, you know, connect their wallet and, and maybe get some NFTs or something like that? Is there, is there sort of a, a one place that you would recommend there or a couple perhaps? Yeah, uh, of course. You know, again, Hashpack's the, an easy way you can uh, connect to these different marketplaces. But Zeus, CentX or Sentient is another one. Um, Hash Access is another one. Another one that's going to be coming out soon, and you might have seen Max Walker Williams talking about it, Mint Condition. That's going to be more of a curated one. He's going to have a little bit more control around it because he's he's trying to big lo- bring large businesses and enterprises into the NFT fold for Hedera. So Mint Condition, again, is going to be coming out before too long. But those are the four that I would I would name off the top of my head is, you know, Zeus, um, Hash Access, uh, Sentient, and then Mint Condition. Yeah, fantastic. And we're going to leave links to all of this in the description. Um, we're going to go and, 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 you know, make sure that they are the right links. You've always got to be careful in the crypto space because people do, like any other space, it's no different. Uh, crypto, just because it's online, it's a little bit more accessible for people to um, be nefarious. However, uh, we, we, we will make sure all the links to these uh, proper addresses are in the description. And I really want to move on to now what you're looking forward to in the future. Um, you know, what, what is, what are you looking at and what are you excited about moving forwards? All right. Well, first I want to say, I told you that I wear a few different hats. I'm definitely taking off my HBAR foundation hat and my Twitter hat. I'm just talking as somebody that's excited to be within the Hedera ecosystem. First off, you know, I am excited for my own company. I'm excited for Twitter to come out. It's an application that's completely unique, not just within the Hedera ecosystem, but within the entire crypto space. So it's completely new. We think it's something that people will be able to engage with and have a lot of fun with and truly see it as a utility. Also, just the expansion of the ecosystem, seeing how these different things start to build off of each other to go through that hockey stick moment. You know, once we've gotten the infrastructure built and there's enough tools in the space, that's when you start to see that exponential growth. So I'm excited to see that. And then as an investor, of course, this is not investor advice or or investment advice, but seeing how the experiment of HBAR and Hedera goes moving forward. Hedera has been using their token exactly how they said they were going to use it. Of course, it is to secure the network. It is to pay fees on the network. So it works kind of like the medium of exchange. Uh, But they've also used it to build out this decentralized ecosystem. 
And that has put pressure on the HBAR market. There's no question about that. All of these different entities, they're doing all of these exciting different things. You know, there's a lot of networks out there that they don't have to do much, you know, especially um, meme coins and things along those lines, or even networks that claim that they have a lot to build and a lot of infrastructure to put in place and may not actually do it. Um, they just work off of hype. Hedera is using the token to build out this amazing ecosystem. And right around the time, I think uh, things are going to get really exciting in the crypto market in general in, in a couple years a lot of that infrastructure is going to be built. So there's going to be less pressure of, of new supply coming coming into the market. And all of that infrastructure, that ecosystem, all of these amazing applications will be have already been built. So how does that, that dynamic work? And can we prove out not just a crypto ecosystem that can be self-sustaining with high fees, you know, 10, 15, 20 cents, or even several dollars, as we see on some of these networks, but to actually have a highly efficient network with these really super low fees, either a hundredth of a cent, a tenth of a cent, there's different fees for different things on Hedera. Can that be made into a, uh, a successful, sustainable model? And I absolutely think it can, because I think that Hedera will scale to the point where those fees add up and, and make a sustainable overall. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love the uh, fact that you're not afraid to talk about Things potentially from an investment point of view, I think people get very timid around that, whereas I don't think there's a need to be. You know, if you, um, like we've both expressed in this um, video, uh, if, if you really understand what this space is doing, like with any other technology, there's opportunities that present themselves with it. And I don't think there's any need to be timid around that, certainly if you truly believe it and it's coming from a genuine place, which of course it is. Um, and of course, none of this is financial advice, but I, I'm nothing short of excited as well. And when I look to the last bull market and some of the valuations that some of these projects got to, purely based on speculation and hype, certainly with nowhere near where Hedera is right now in regards to partnerships and usage and, and, and everything that's going on, it's exciting. Um, you know, it, it, it really is. A market cap can be very elusive. Um, the last thing for me to do is, is, is really ask you for any final thoughts. You know, where, where can people find you if they want to learn more about yourself? Of course, we know the HBAR um, bull, uh, YouTube channel, Twitter. Um, is there anywhere else you want to direct people to, to check you out and what it is you do and, and, and you know, what you're all about? Yeah, well, as far as final thoughts, I would say to start off, still going back to the, the market dynamics. I started off, as I mentioned, as an investor, I invested in SAF3, which was like a, a, an official pre-sale for Hedera, but it was up at 10, 12 cents where I was buying those. And I had to watch the price of the token go down to a penny and reevaluate and make sure that what I thought Hedera could become was still valid. And it allowed me to buy all the way through the bottom. I, you know, I backed up the truck down, down around one cent. And I think the opportunity now, because so many things have been proven out on Hedera, um, whether it's the throughput now processing or thousands of transactions per second or the, the the governing council doing exactly what it's supposed to or all of these applications whether they're enterprise applications or these smaller applications things have been proven out i think it's a better better deal now 
as you said, not financial advice. As far as what I do, I try to give people a home once they've come into the Hedera ecosystem. You know, people like you, Genfinity, they bring new people in. Once you've come in, I try to give you a home and keep you up to date on everything that's going on with within the Hedera ecosystem. Like you said, you can check me out at the HBAR Bull on Twitter. Um, you can same thing on YouTube. Every Friday, we have that show where we cover everything that's going on in the space. So certainly check that out. But that, that's pretty much all I have. Yeah. And I've got to say, you're doing an absolutely amazing job of keep, keeping people informed with um, everything Hedera. You know, you're, you're, you're certainly my go-to place. And the last thing for me to do is really thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's been a real pleasure, Brandon. And I, I really do hope we can do this again. And and, and I wish you all the success with um, the ventures that you're on and and and, and the H-Bar ball and, and everything. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, and thank you very much. Matt, the pleasure is all mine. I can't wait until we can do it again. Thank you very much.